Hi, Avril here from Access Credit Union. We are delighted to once again sponsor the Star Sports Podcast. As part of our range of new business loans, we now offer Cultivate Farm Finance, the farmer-friendly loan package. With a Cultivate loan, farmers in West Cork can benefit from the local decision-making and personal service offered by Access Credit Union. To find out more, go to accesscu.ie forward slash cultivate, call me on 085 268 2727 or 028 21883, where a member of our team will be happy to help you with your inquiry. Close your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor, Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose the credit union, choose local, choose community. On this week's show, we're chatting to Cork, Bantry Blues and Carberry footballer Rory Dean. Dean, who wasn't involved with the Cork senior footballers this season, has been a driving force for Carberry in the senior club championship and he spoke to Kieran about his involvement with the divisional side, his hopes for the club season ahead and whether we'll see him back in the red of Cork again. Later on the show we'll be joined by road bowling sensation Hannah Sexton. The Timber League stars rise to the top of this sport has been nothing short of meteoric and we'll hear about her debut at the 16th European Championships in Germany in May as well as her run to the 2022 senior final in her first year at this level. But Kieran, we have to start with the Cork ladies footballers who bowed out of the All-Ireland series following a 213 to 17 points loss to Mayo at Ennis on Saturday. That defeat brings the curtain down on Shane Renane's first season in charge and there are clearly plenty of positives for Shane and his team to take away from the season overall but you'd have to assume that they'll be bitterly disappointed with how it's ended well when Shane Renane came in first as manager we had him on the podcast today he said to the bar hi Cork wanted to win the All-Ireland they wanted to win the Brendan Martin Cup that was um that's the barometer by what uh by which the Shane wanted to be judged and Cork came up short they bowed out at the quarterfinal stage losing to the Mayo last last weekend so just on that alone, like there has been positives this season, but the end would be very, very disappointing. Cork have come up short in the, in this All Ireland campaign, just not good enough last weekend against Mayo when they needed to put in a, a big performance. They didn't, and um, even reading some of Shane Ronan's quotes after, like he he was gutted, he was so disappointed. He like he said some crazy stuff went down out there. Cork made mistakes that they weren't making all all season. They missed some glorious chances. It was just a it was a bad time for a bad performance. And the end result is that Cork are now out of the championship. And when you look at the other results that day, Dublin are gone as well, you know. So there was a 
there really was a chance for Cork to go far in in this year's All Ireland and and really challenge Mead for that All Ireland title. So they'll see this as a huge opportunity lost, and the players will be devastated this week. They'll be gutted because they know they know they have the players and they have the experience and they have all the tools to to win in All Ireland, but they've just come up short again, and it's been the same story the last couple of years. So um. It's going to be interesting to see what this winter brings now. I know we're in the summer, in the middle of a bit of a heat wave here, but I'm talking about the winter. But in terms of the, the, the Cork players, like will the experienced players come back again next year? You kind of hope, hope that they would. I know there's a few players there. They're kind of around the 30-ish age and they might be thinking, OK, might be time to bow out. Um, but Cork aren't too far away. And when it comes to this level, Jack, it's just the difference. It's fine margins, you know, kind of. Cork didn't play well the last day, but they just lost. Was it 213 to 17? I think it was. You know, so there wasn't much in this game at all. And on another day, and if they upped their levels only a couple of percent, they could have won this game and they'd be true to semi final this weekend. And we'd be talking about a, a far different story this week, but um, a disappointing end to Cork's campaign. And you, you mentioned whether some of the more experienced players will return for Renane's second season in charge. What about the likes then of one of those experienced players in particular, Martina O'Brien, who was Cork's goalkeeper and captain last season. She obviously lost her place under Renane for the last couple of games. She started earlier in the championship. Are we likely to see Martina return again, uh, in your opinion? Oh, it's it's hard now. Like I'm slow to speculate on the, on the future of players because it's it's so raw at the moment. But Martina's been an incredible servant to, to Cork football. Um, she just lost her championship place to Mavo Sullivan this year, like like you said there. But there's nothing saying that Martina might come back next year and take that number one spot again. She headed for I think from 2013 or 2014 through to this season. So she was Cork's number one there for seven eight years and easily one of the best goalkeepers in the country. And she's someone who has never let Cork down. And if Shane Renan turned her again, she wouldn't let Cork down. So I, I'm not too sure right now about who will stay or who will go. Maybe no one will go. Maybe the, and that, that would be the hope that, that, that they'll all stay on because, like I said, this Cork team isn't too far away at all, at all. Um, Shane Renan will have put down, I suppose, the kind of the base and the platform this year, and you'd hope they might kick it on a bit next year too because what we've seen in the last couple of seasons in the Ladies Football Championship is, okay, a couple of years back, Dublin were dominating. They are winning year after year after year. But that order has changed. Mead won it last year. They're in the last four this year. Kerry are in, are in the last four. They've, they've come from nowhere, really. Um, Cork and Dublin are both gone. So what that shows to me or tells me is that this Ladies Football Championship is really open right now. So if Cork can stay together and go again next year, and maybe for those experienced players who are thinking, oh, I don't know, will, will, I, will I go again? Maybe just give it that one more year because it is so open. There's no one team dominating right now and Cork are right in that chasing pack. So we'll just see what the next couple of months bring. But I think for now, the, the players will just want to step back from inter-county football, just um, almost park at the one side and concentrate in their clubs because it was a, a tough exit to deal with last weekend. Okay, Kieran. well, let's leave the Cork ladies there for now, as I'm sure we'll be revisiting their season in more depth in the coming weeks and we're going to switch our focus to the club scene now with the season well and truly underway in particular when it comes to the divisional side of things tim buckley's carberry have been one of the stories of the summer so far seeing off bera immakili and avondu in their opening three games and bantry's rory dean has been one of the key figures in the division's revival this season. Rory Dean was always one of my favourite players to watch, Kieran, when he lined out 
for Cork. So it's great to see him lighting up this season's championship, even if we are still at an early stage. Yeah, Rui's been in top form for the Kirby footballers in the last couple of games. He got 1-4 against Evan Du last week. The week before that, he scored 1-7 against Spera on his home bench pitch in the West Cork Derby. Uh, this was the big story here, that the Kirby footballers have won three games in a row in the championship for the first time. And Jesus, I, I, I'm not sure since since uh, when they achieved that last. So they're, they're true now to the the next round of the division and colleges section, and they're going to join UCC, Duhello, and MTU there. And from those four teams, one will advance to the Premier Senior Football Championship quarterfinals later in the summer. But it's just great news to see the Carberry team going so well, to have those three wins under their belt and a bit of momentum and a bit of... just It's just a bit of positivity around the Carberry football team right now because for the last couple of years, they had struggled. They'd lost first-round game after first-round game and it was just tough to get it going. But there is momentum behind them now. So, so that is good news. And one of their main men so far has been Rory Dean. Um, he wasn't involved with the Cork footballers this year and that came as a surprise to an awful lot of people because Rory Dean has still a lot to offer Cork um, at, at that level. He's one of the most experienced players that, that Cork have had, but he just wasn't involved this year. And I wrote about it in the Star um, back when, that new, when, when we actually broke that news earlier in the year that Rory Dean was such an important player, I would have felt, for this Cork team this year because he has that experience. He's been there, he's done that. And when the Cork, the new management, brought in so many young players, they needed, I felt, experienced players like Rory Dean to show these young fellas the ropes. Okay, Rory might be there at the end of the project, but he could have played a very important role in these couple of years to, to, to lay a platform and base for what is essentially a new Cork football team. But decisions were made and just Rory wasn't involved with Cork this year. But... Cork's loss will be Bantry Blues and Carberry's gain because Rory reminded us all in the last couple of games just how good he can be and just how, how good he is. He's been a key man for Carberry and no doubt he'll be a, a key man for Bantry Blues as well when they start their Premier Intermediate football campaign. It's only Jesus the, the weekend after this because the championships are, are closing in so fast. So it was great to get a catch up with Rory again. Uh, we've had him on the podcast before. Always a good fella to chat to and he, he was in really good form. So we, we, we started off about the All-Ireland semi-finals the weekend. Then we talked about Cork. Then we went on to Carberry. Then we went on to Bentry Blues. So just sit back and listen for the next 20 minutes as Rory Dean will entertain us. You're a football man, Rory. So I want to get your thoughts on the All-Ireland semi-finals on the weekend just gone. Uh, Galway beat Derry in a game that I saw described as unusual, but I've, I've other adjectives to describe that game. But then we the the, the Dublin-Kerry game on Sunday where, where Kerry just about got over the line with Shawnee O'Shea's late free. So we have a, a Kerry-Galway final coming up. But what did you make of the two games? Um, yeah, look, I suppose the Derry and Galway game was a bit disappointing in the sense that I thought there might be a bit more to it um, seeing how both teams have played all year. But obviously, Derry have their style of play. That's what they came with. Their attack, I thought, was quite poor, specifically in the second half. But... Look, I suppose when you're working so hard to get back on a day like that, it is hard to get up the pitch again. Like, but um, I was disappointed with it. I did think Galway would come through in the end. Um, but I suppose the fact they got their two goals, if you're scoring goals against there, you have a very good chance and you're not conceding them yourself. Um, and then the Kerry Dublin game, I, I was a bit disappointed with it at times. Like, I suppose when Kerry got the good start, Dublin kind of slowed him down a bit in the game. After 13, 14 minutes, I thought it was an unbelievable game. It felt like it should be halftime already. And then I think the the half kind of died away from there, but like the, the finish made it very exciting. Then obviously, like it, it felt like it was a much better game, I think, because of that finish. But 
like I suppose Dublin will be kicking themselves in a sense having missed as much as they did but Kerry will obviously be delighted they don't care how they win same as Galway the last day like anything can happen in the All-Ireland final now We're we getting a half out from that game so just a, just a quick prediction on that Galway against Kerry I'm always going to say Galway <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect anything less, Rory. So. <laughs> but turning to Cork for a second, this is your first year in a long, long time outside the inter-county bubble. Like you're your first year not involved in the Cork Senior since I don't know when. How, do you, how did you find that? Um, initially at the start, I suppose, when there was nothing happening, you didn't really care. Do you know what I mean? But when the game started, then obviously there's a little bit of a want to be back involved or something that you'd see yourself, you know, oh I'd love to be out there it's very hard to watch a game I always found that even for club or if I just went to watch a game as a neutral I find it very hard because you see things that you think you can do and maybe you can't do them at all but when you're sitting in the sand I think you can analyse a game having been there in situations like that and played it so much I did I found it very challenging I went to a few of the McGrath Cup games and things like that at the start and sure look I, I didn't pay much heed to them but then once the championship starts you're looking at it at a different angle altogether but um, in fairness, the lads' big achievement getting to the quarterfinal, it's great to see, you know. Being a fan, a Cork fan now rather than a, than, a, than, a, than a player, how would you assess this Cork team? Do you think they're on the right road? I suppose it's always hard to know. You need a couple of years in their journey. Like, there's no point saying that it's, it's going to be an easy journey. I found out myself, like, I'm there, whatever, eight or nine years. And, like, you had ups and downs. You had great days and you had very, very bad days. And, look, this group will experience the same, I, I imagine. Hopefully they don't, but... Like if it's how they manage that and if they're mentally tough enough to kind of look, analyse the bad day when it does happen and, and pick themselves up and go again and learn from it. I think what we did see was progress this year, which is all you wanted, you know. Now, there are a few things I'm sure they're not happy with, which which happened throughout the year, different things about their style of play maybe, or even say looking at different parts of the game that they'd have been trying to improve that they'll be working on again now this off season and next year, you know. So once we can see progress, and I'm not saying progress in the sense of making the quarterfinal or semi-final, like progress in their style of play, progress in their fitness, progress in their strategy, their tactics, and how they're implementing their game plan, I think they'll be very, very happy with that. Like, there's no point saying that you're going to fix this in, in a year. You're not. It's going to take a couple of years. Like, we were trying to fix it year on, year out for five or six years, and I think if, if the public can give them a bit more time, they'll be in a very good place in a couple of years. Why do you think this is so hard to fix with Cork football? Like you said, you were involved for so many years and so many good footballers were there and so good managers and so on, but just couldn't seem to get the results that that this that the Cork public wanted and the Cork football team wanted. What do you think is the what do you think has to be done to get Cork back competitive at the very, very highest level again? I think it like it's it's so professional now. It's very, very challenging, like in the sense that say you'd have people coming from all over Cork. Some people aren't in college in Cork traveling. I think you're pulling from a huge variety of places, which makes it challenging in the first place. Like you could be traveling two hours within Cork alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that myself like some years, look, you could be exhausted by the time the championship comes. It's only when you look back at it, you think of it that you're on the road so long, the trainings, the road, the family life, everything you have, your work-life balance as well. It's 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 probably part of it. But look, I suppose there's no one thing going to feed into it. If I had the answer, I'd have tried to rectify it when I was there, obviously, but I, I couldn't put my finger on it to say. But I think, like we saw in the league now, the championship this year was there 52 or three players used again. Mm. We, we need continuity in one sense, but we need new players coming in. It's about finding that balance. And I think one thing that I would have saw, like there would have been a huge turnover of players the first year I was there as well. I was lucky enough to survive, but others weren't. 
those players were probably some of them at the time better than me. Some of them probably would have had a better intercounty career than me if they made it. But like I think some people are just lucky and others aren't. And whether it works out or not in the long term is hard to know. Like I played with some fantastic players underage with Cork under twenty one and minor that never made it to senior. Like I don't know why I made it to senior either, but I was lucky enough to get the chance. It took me three or four years. And I think if we can go with that mentality that, you know, if a player doesn't make it in their first year, they're still on a development platform. They're still going to be good to you maybe when they're 23, 24, 25. Like I was some little bit of help, please God, at some stages throughout my career. So like same thing, it doesn't come easy to some people. It comes easier to others who play for Cork when they're 18, 19, which is fine too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, don't don't forget about them. And when they are dropped, like I found myself, like if you don't make it at the end of a league or at the end of a McGrath Cup, it's very easy to just throw the ties out of the pram and say, look, I'm done with it. But if we can keep them involved in some capacity in the background and find a, a player pathway kind of thing there, that I think that would be a huge development for, for Cork GA. Like maybe it is involved now in the background, I don't know, because obviously when you're 27, 8, 9, 30, you don't, you wouldn't be involved in that. But like for, for younger players coming through, I think that would be huge. Do you feel that part of your football story is finished for now? Or is there any chance we could see you back at some stage in the future? No, I'd say not. I have two kids at home now. And I think, I like, obviously, you, you, you know, you'd rule nothing out. It's hard to know. But like, it's, it's, it's always the way when you stop something, it, it's, it's very hard, you know. Um, I don't know is the, the perfectly reasonable answer to that. It would, it, it would be a, a long shot is what I'd say. You've been back in the headlines in recent weeks, Rory, with your exploits with the Carby Senior Football Team. Um, for the first time in a long time, the Carby Senior Football Team's three wins in, in a row, and the recent one was against Evandu. Really good performance. You got 1-4 in that game against Beira. The week before, you got 1-7 against him. So just taking your own form for a second and the fact that you're getting the chance to play senior football with, 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 with Carberry, was, was that a big reason in your decision to, to, to come back in with the division again this year? be honest, I, I don't know. Um, I suppose I was talking to a few of the lads that had been involved with Carberry the last couple of years when things weren't going great. And look, there's a huge appetite to play senior football in the division and, and get things going well again. And I suppose I felt a bit of that. But also there were people I was lucky enough to play with, like the three other schools, play with them for Cork. And I suppose, look, it was rekindling a little bit of that and getting getting back playing at a high standard, obviously, as well. Like we're we're going all right with Bantry, but obviously we got relegated last year. We had been in a relegation battle the year before, and I suppose like winning is a bit of a habit too. And I suppose if the couple of Bantry lads that are involved can bring that back to, from Carberry to Bantry as well, that'll be a benefit. And look, you're playing with the best footballers in West Cork, getting to know some of the the younger and upper up and coming talents in Cork as well, which is great. You know, like some of the footballers there, like. Paddy Underschool, Sean Daly, like they're they're a breath of fresh air as well. They just have this carefree attitude when they're playing football, and it's lovely to see. You know, like I think the older you get, the more you the more analytical you get and analyze your performance in your game, and the harsher you probably are on yourself. It's lovely to go out there and just play football for what it is. You know, like they put their structure and their tactic in play in into practice on the day, but the reality is, you know, you just go out and you perform to the best of your ability, and if it's good enough, it is, and if it's not, unfortunately. You, you, you're done for the year but thankfully for us we've had three good performances and three good wins you know how important the Carberry team is to the division it's, it's, it's the flagship team like the football team is the is, is, is the big team in Carberry over the years so it's, it's important for the division too that this team is going well so is it nice to be part of a Carberry football team that's going well too Rory 
Yeah, well, I suppose, look, when I started off, I think it was it 2013 or 14 when we had a good run with Carberry, which, you know, just skill. we were all very young at the time. Like, and, you know, you think that's going to last forever and we never got any further after that, you know. So I suppose the big thing is if we can try and progress now and go into the, the seeded semi-final now and see how we go and look, it'd be obviously fantastic to reach the latter stages of the club championship. But like, obviously, you know, you're like for some club teams, they might have to win five games to win a county, six maybe. Like you'll have to win five games as Carberry to get out of this group alone, you know. So it's very challenging, obviously. I think we are in a, a privileged position. We've played three games, whereas the others haven't played any, obviously. Mm-hmm. Given the fact that Carby hadn't been going great the previous years, that's a benefit to us. Like I went out the first day, I didn't know half the team, you know. Whereas now there's that little bit of a bond. We know their names. It's fantastic. But we also know how each other are played a little bit more too, you know. So like the more you can get involved with each other and the longer this goes on, the better it is for football in Carberry. And obviously that'll impact clubs as well, you know. Apart from the result against Evan Do for a moment, what was the big takeaway, the big positive for Carberry in, in your, your your most recent win? I suppose you're playing good attacking football for the most part, but defensively you're quite solid as well because sometimes teams struggle to find the balance of that, whereas I thought that was a, a good element of our play. Like we have a huge amount to work on as well. Like obviously as a division, you don't get to meet up that often. I have two kids at home, so I don't really get to go at all other than the games. I'm lucky, you know, but if if the team can keep on a run, you can keep playing away a few games in the background and in the championship matches, I think, like it's just again familiarity with each other and I suppose the big thing from the Avenue game was how clinical we are like they we went up at the start they kind of came back a little bit we got the goal and we never looked back from there you know like we didn't let them within touching distance the variety of scores was huge as well like mm. I, it was a cornerback and a wing back got two goals so Jur scored one and Dylan scored one as well in the second half you know so I think just our way to mix from attack to defence whilst also being solid defensively is is very good. We'd cut him out just in last week's Southern Star, uh, Carberry captain. He was talking about the importance of, of how he feels it's important for him to give back to the to the Carberry senior football team when he started off. He said it was like Alan O'Connor, Graham Kenty, Owen Sexton and stuff. And now he's at, at, I think he's 34 now. He's at that stage of his career where he wants to kind of help the younger fellas coming on like the, the Sean Daly's like you mentioned there from, from Randall Oak. Do you kind of feel that too? There's a, almost a, a responsibility on the older players of, of the, uh, in the division if they can play for Carberry just to line out and, and just keep keep the show on the road and, and just pass the torch on to the next generation and have this team in a pretty good place. I suppose there's a certain element to that to that, right? Like Colm, Colm's fantastic servant to Carberry. Like he's probably been there about, what did you say, he's 34. He's probably been playing 33 years, I suppose, for them now at this stage. <laughs> But in fairness, like Colm loves it. He lives and breathes football for either Tyg McCarrig or for Carberry or whoever he'd be involved with Cork when he was there as well. Um, but like he'd be much better than me at it. Like he just, I don't know what it is. His mentality towards it all is, it's it, they live and breathe it in that household anyway. We all know that. But like I suppose, yeah, there's an element of if you can pass something on to some of the younger fellas, that's great. Um, I think the big thing is winning. Like after the first win, there was a huge relief because. You know, it hadn't happened in a couple of years for Carberry. The second one, there was a, an element of there's something building here. And the third one, then it's like there's a fierce sense of enjoyment at all. And that's what I say. Like when you're in the bubble of inter-county senior football, it's not as enjoyable as people might think because it's so serious. It's so professional. Whereas when you're involved with a team like Carberry, there is a little bit of pressure, but not much. 
so you can just go out and express yourself and enjoy yourself and I think the younger lads are brilliant at that the older lads as I said are a bit harsher at times on themselves but I think that's what you need to bring you need to have that balance and I think we have that nice balance like we did that time when Alan O'Connor Owen Sexton Graham all those lads were involved that you know you have a little bit of experience feeding into the team which you need but you also have youth and that fearlessness and that energy that they bring which is fantastic is a challenge now for you, Rory, like as part of this Carvey team, to keep that momentum going because we're heading into a really busy period with the, the club championships coming online the weekend after next. And obviously, Carvey are through to the next round of the divisional colleges section. You're in with UCC, Duhello, and MTU. But you want to keep the momentum you built the last couple of weeks. You want to keep that going into the next phase of this competition. Yeah, it is. It's challenging to balance it, obviously. Look, the reality here is everyone's focused now for the next month is, the, is their clubs really. Mm. Like you have to, like your club comes first and that's it. Um, like if you're involved in inter-county bubble, obviously when you're in there, that is number one priority. You, you get very limited club access. But for anyone involved with their club now, like that's what's going to be in their head. Same for us with Carberry. I'm sure the phone will ring in a couple of weeks' time to say, look, just keep this date in your mind. But like the season is fairly well split out now. We've had a good chance to get built up towards these games and, I think that's one good thing is the defined season, you know, like especially in Bantry when there was that uncertainty all along when you'd be playing. We knew at the start of this year exactly when our three fixtures would be and I think they've been on all our minds. So, look, Carberry will take the back seat there now for the next couple of weeks because we'll be focusing on these these group games now which you need to be winning. It's a big season for Bantry Blues. They're relegated from Senior A last year down to Premier Intermediate this year. What's the feeling in the camp ahead of the, the big throw-in? suppose there's an element of uncertainty like you you've been working very hard in training all year now since we started back um just got to see are you going to produce it or not you know but that's every year anyway but specifically after you're relegated look the reality is we deserve to be relegated like Bishopstown were the better team on that day we had been in the relegation battle the year before so whilst I'd prefer to be in a grade higher like we have some of the younger lads brought into the panel now that weren't there last year. We have some of the other lads that are after maturing another year. And then you have some of the guys in and around my vintage that are holding the show together in the sense that trying to, to keep going and progress on the team, you know. So I'd be hopeful that, that we can just get a performance out of ourselves, play the style of football that we've been working on in training and during the league. But specifically, I just want to, you know, see a bit of consistency throughout the year because, like, was football enjoyable for Bantry the last couple of years? Obviously not if you're losing all your group games and some of them in a very close fashion just within the last two or three minutes. You know, that's that had sucked the life out of you in one sense. So what I want to see is if we are in the melting pot with five minutes to go to work and now the team that's going to try to come out the right side of it. Is a silver lining to, to Bantry's relegation almost a chance that it gives gives you this opportunity to reset and refocus again like you're down a grade now but it's a chance to even start winning a couple of games again and if win a couple of games like with the Caribbean footballers this the self-belief the confidence the mood in the camp will, will, will lift I'm just thinking of Donny's footballers last year for the first time in years they put three or four championship wins back back together they got into county semi-final and looking to lose to, to Michaels but all of a sudden the mood around that club and the team was different so okay this is premium intermediate but there's an opportunity for Bantry too to just reset and go again? It's a great question. Next or near impossible to know until the season's over because you could find yourself down a slippery slope as well. Like There's very fine margins between the teams in both grades, I think. Uh, like You'll obviously have the senior, the top grades, and then you have senior A. Like 
Premier Senior to Senior A, it, it, it's hard to know. Like mm-hmm. you take that fall down to Premier Intermediate, like you could easily find yourself going the same way, but you'd be hopeful, obviously, that you're much more competitive. And that's what I'd like to see. I want us getting results, obviously. I want us to be progressing to the latter stages of the championship. But like the main thing I actually want from this year is that fellas go out, they enjoy the game. They have a bit of fun because I think club even at this stage has gone so competitive that it's very easy to get stuck in a rut and not be enjoying what you're doing. And I think that's one thing to take from this year. I, we seem to be enjoying what we're doing more, which hopefully will translate into the, the championship games and hopefully translate into results in time, you know. Like at the end of the day, I think we forget as an organization at, at the ground level that, you know, we're we're amateur athletes, it's a recreational sport, albeit very competitive. I think we need to take a step back and say, you know, specifically with underage teams as well in Cork, like, you know, accept that they're playing rugby, accept that they're playing basketball, football, hurling, different sports, martial arts, whatever it is, and say, you know, peel it back from three sessions a week for GA and say, look. We'll we'll enjoy ourselves a bit more on the way up and and make it a bit more recreational again. That's something like you noticed over the years, obviously involved with Cork at the, at the highest level, but the sport GA has just gone so so serious over the years. Is that something that you've been very conscious of? Well, look, when you're finished up and you're taking a back seat now, which are as in you're back with your club, you're looking in at a different perspective. I just think it's very unfair. Like I I would feel sorry for for the Bantry club in a certain circumstance because over the last eight years they've been waiting for you to come back mm-hmm. and expect this golden nugget to come in and, and potentially fix a few problems here and there but the reality is like I could probably count on my two hands over the last 10 years how many league games and things I've played with Bantry or friendlies you know whereas now I'm looking at it and I'm saying you know it's actually nice in one sense to be back and be able to do those things. And there's the familiarity then when you go to championship that they're not going to say, oh, what's he going to come back and be like after the year with Cork? Because you haven't seen him. And that's the reality. And it's very challenging. And many people were much better at that than I was. Like that transition back from inter-county to club. Like at the end of the year with Cork, specifically last year, I'd have found myself shattered enough, to be perfectly honest. And, you know, it is hard to motivate yourself and you can be a bit cranky and you can, and I'm sure the battery lads will testify to that, that you'd come back and it's frustrating because you're coming back from a different type of setup, a different type of environment, often after a very harsh loss, like let's take the Munster final last year. You know, it's it's not easy at times, but yeah, I think coming back into club setup, it is a bit more refreshing because similar to Carrie, like the pressure is less in one sense. Obviously, they want you to perform to a very high standard. But I suppose, like, let's just take if something happens here at home on a given day that I have to text them and say, look, I can't make it. It's completely accepted within Bantry. Whereas if I was in with Cork and the same thing happened, I I don't think it's as easy anymore because of the professional nature. And obviously, if you look at the likes of Galway and Kerry now, and the all earn final coming up. Like, if you ask those lads what have they sacrificed all year, it's absolutely everything. Like, their job will be suffering, their family, their home life, their social life, whatever it is. But they're the sacrifice you have to make at this stage. Is it right? I don't know. Um, is it long term sustainable to keep an amateur organization training professionally? It's, it's hard to know, you know. So, for you, like getting back in touch with Benji, back in touch where it all started, like, have you enjoyed that this year? Like, are you playing with, with a smile on your face? Times, <laughs> you know, you, you know how cranky I am as well. Like so, sometimes there's a smile, sometimes there isn't. But I do find that I'm 
like I'm coming into it a bit more I suppose there's always that I don't know what to call it air of anticipation how are you going to perform when you're not training all year as much as you would have been it seems to be going all right you know um, I definitely like the championship buzz the, the last three Carberry games they've been great I can't judge the Bantry ones yet because sometimes the league games like again like you have, it's it's much more leisurely like you have fellas on holidays you have fellas that literally can't get off work on that day so I'm waiting for the championship because obviously we know we'll have everyone on that day and we'll see how that goes So the championship is opening up ahead in Ovens on July 23rd of course there's a derby against Castellon Bear that's August 13th and they went around that mm. off against the Piercing and Dunmanway on September 4th but putting the Castletown Bear game and the Napierce game to one side, I presume like all the focus is, is, is on that ahead of game and just trying to get points on the board in that first game. Yeah, look, you're not going to look past your first game. We haven't looked at it yet. Obviously, we were playing our league games and our challenge games. It's always the two weeks before which you focus on an opposition. So, like, that's completely up to the management. I know absolutely nothing about that. I, don't, I haven't looked at any of their league performances, any of that, anything they've been doing. Like, that's completely up to them. As a player, what they want you to do, you come in and you do that. And mm-hmm. um, I was firmly of the opinion that, look, if you were asked to do analysis as a player at any level, that you do it. But in general, you kind of you get told what they're like, you get told what they do. Our management, I assume, have been to watch them and done a few things like that. But look, we'll wait and see what comes over the next two weeks now before that game. You have a busy couple of weeks ahead of you. You've you've been three, you've carried, like you said, you've your hands full with, with, with two little kids as well. So just want to wish you the, the best of luck in the months ahead, Rory. Thanks for being here. Delighted to be joined by Avril Condell of Access Credit Union, who's here to tell us a little bit about Cultivate Farm Finance. So Avril, maybe just give us a brief introduction to what Cultivate Farm Finance actually is. So Cultivate is a collaboration of 40 credit unions uh, throughout Ireland. Um, West Cork has both Access Credit Union and Bantry Credit Union. Uh, the loan itself is up to 75,000 unsecured uh, for seven years is the max term, but obviously can be uh, personalised and customised to each individual's needs. Um, it's a great facility actually for, for farmers um, because it covers cash flow, um, machinery purchases, like there's a fertiliser crisis now as we know, um, so literally anything that is required for the farm can be covered by this loan. The, the rate is very competitive and uh, we can match the, the repayment term and the um, repayment frequency to each individual farmer depending on their enterprise. Um, and you also have the benefit of the life cover that comes with the credit union loan, which I think is very important for people these days at no extra cost. And if I'm a farmer and I'm listening to you on this podcast today, how can I get involved? So if you're not sure of which credit union um, you're involved with, you can go to Cultivate Credit Union directly, which is www.cultivate-cu.ie or you can phone 1800-839-999. And if Access is your credit union, you can contact me directly. So it's avril at accesscu.ie or you can ring me on 85 268-2727. Hannah Sexton's rise to the top of road bowling in Ireland has been nothing short of meteoric. In May, she made her debut at the 16th European Championships in Germany, and she also qualified for the 2022 senior final in her first year at this level where she lost to the legendary Kelly 
Malin, Kieran, the, the future is extremely bright for Hannah Sexton. Yeah, Hannah just turned 20 earlier this year, so she's so young. And her, her story is a tremendous one, and we've covered it in depth in the Southern Star over the last couple of years. So she was the underage road bowling phenom who won All-Ireland after All-Ireland and Munster title after Munster title, who stepped up to intermediate last year. Her first year intermediate, she won the Munster intermediate title to go up to senior her first year senior this year, she blitzed her way through, through Munster and was Munster champion at the first attempt. And her reward for that was an All-Ireland final appearance against the great Kelly Mallon. That was in Ballincorrig last Sunday. And for those who are not too familiar with road bowling, Kelly Mallon, Kelly Mallon is road bowling royalty. She's just one of those gifted sports people. She's also the Armagh um, Ladies Senior Football Captain as well. And she was in action with the Armagh Ladies on Saturday and then she was road bowling on Sunday. And it was a tough day at the office for, for Hannah because um, Kelly is just different class. Kelly won her 10th senior All-Ireland women's title last Sunday. Like, that's incredible. She's the most decorated women's road bowler of all time. Um, one of the most successful road bowlers that the, the sport has ever seen. So um, for Hannah to go down to, to Kelly Mellon, it's like there's no shame in that whatsoever. It's just, it's actually, it's a great learning experience for Hannah Sexton because... Like I just said there, she's she's so young. She's no so new to the senior game. So for her to throw in an All-Ireland final against Kelly Mellon is an experience that she learned from. Um, she learns, she'll take so much from it because Kelly Mellon will just be unflustered. No matter what happens in the score, she's been there, she's done it, and she knows what to do. And at that level, it's all new for Hannah Sexton. So she'll learn an awful lot from this. And given her record and given her talent and given what we know about Hannah Sexton, like she'll be back again and again and again and again. Like, she's a really, really talented road bowler. I remember um, back at the launch of Jeremy McCarthy's um, Cork Ladies football book in the Celtic Ross a couple of months ago, I was talking to Juliet Murphy, the, the former Cork uh, Ladies football star, and who's also a road bowler herself at the intermediate ranks. And we were just chatting about road bowling, and it came to Hannah, and Juliet was saying, like, Hannah is a, is a, is a special talent. And, and you can see that, what, what she's achieved so far. Um, she's won her last nine Munster finals from under 12 up to the senior. Like she hasn't lost one. Like that's an, an incredible record. And she was telling me last week that she's only lost one Munster final. And that was an under 12 final when she was just 10 years old. And she feels the reason that she lost that final is before she went to that score, she threw 15 shots at home with her, with her sister. Um, her parents weren't there at the time, so they didn't know what was going on. But Hannah effectively threw a score before she went to the All-Ireland final. So she was probably fatigued when she got there. But she learned a lesson from that again. Uh, she never threw 15 shots in a warm-up before an a Munster final since. And she's won every one. So um, she's someone that we'll, we're going to hear more and more about in the years ahead. And as well as road bowling, she's a very gifted GA player as well. So, um, But as you'll hear from her now, she'll take a lot from her first All-Ireland final and take a lot from her first season up at senior. We're going to start with Sunday's All-Ireland final at Ballincorrig first. Um, your first year up senior, Hannah, and you went all the way to the biggest score of the year against an all-time great in Kelly Mellon. It was Kelly came out on top. So we're just a day or two on from the All-Ireland final. What are your own thoughts looking back on it? Looking back on it, um, you can't fault Kelly Mellon. When you're up against a name like that, you really can't fault her. She was impeccable on Sunday, her bowling, everything. Um, and considering she played a championship 
match for Armagh the day before and to come in winning All Ireland, you have to and her tenth All Ireland at that, you have to give your hand to Kelly. It was it was a real experience for me to get that far and to be up against someone as um, talented and as experienced as Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a real kind of eye opener now, to be honest, for the next few years of what you're going up another level when you're bowling Kelly you have to push yourself up to another level above senior nearly now to be honest and I just have to kind of take that on board and push myself that bit further now for the next few years. For those who are listening to this podcast and they haven't heard of Kelly Mellon before she's the Armagh lady senior football captain but in in road bowling she is absolute royalty like Hannah said she won her 10th All-Ireland senior title on Sunday just last. I think back in 2018, she was the youngest ever inductee into the Bolt Cumman Hall of Fame. And like you said, Hannah, she's she's just a different class. So for you in your first year up senior to come up against someone like her and to see her in action, like that's probably an experience that you can learn a lot from as well. It is, yeah. Like thinking back on yesterday and just seeing how like composed and steady and how focused she was the entire score. You can see it in her, that experience that she has like over the last 10 years of her achievements, it all shows how much of an unbelievable bowler she is. And it is um, it is an eye-opener for myself now, to be honest, um, to get to bowl the likes of Kelly and just learn from her, really. Like, she's, she's the best out there for women's bowling and um, she deserves everything she gets, like, with all of her achievements and... It's just, it was an experience now yesterday battling her. Kelly Mellon is the benchmark that you're all aiming to get towards. But look, looking back on your own final performance, what are the big takeaways for you? Is there any moments that stand, stand out for you? Any turning points that, 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 that stand out in your mind? Um, I'm not really sure now, to be honest. Like, I, I was, my monster final, definitely, I, that was a standout moment, all right, for me. I got the record on the road. Um, along, I was Silke Tolk, I think, has the record from Germany, and I was level with her. Um, and you know that was huge for me now, to be honest. But um, yesterday, I just kind of, I couldn't, I can't really take much from it. I mm. um, just need to kind of think about it more, to be honest, and analyze my performance, I suppose, and kind of focus on what I did right and what I did wrong, and better myself now for the next few years. It's definitely a lesson that, that you learn from and come back stronger, Hannah. And let's go back to the, the week before Ballincorg again, the Munster final. And like we said earlier, this is your first year up senior and you had a tremendous run to get to the get to the final. But not only did you get to the final, you actually won. You, you, you beat Veronica O'Mahony to win the senior title at your first attempt. And like you said there, you equaled the road record as well. So that must stand out as one of the, the greatest days in your, your bowling career so far. Oh, 100%. Um, I didn't even know the record on the road, to be honest. Um, we were just throwing away and I was, I suppose I was bowling out of my skin. I'd never, I'd, I don't know what happened to me. All right, but um, we we're kind of towards the second last shot and they were like, you're on the record of the road at the moment with the way you're bowling. So keep keep going until the line. And there's, there was a mark on the tree at the end of the line of where Silke Tulk had, um, I think, to finish in 14 shots. And I was on that too. So for my first year to get that on the road, I was delighted with myself now. To be honest, I couldn't have asked for anything more um, or expected anything more out of myself. Um, it was 
an unreal achievement now, especially my first year. Um, I never expected to get that far uh, with senior, especially. I kind of, well, you and me were talking a few months ago and I said another three years to find my feet, not alone three months later, I'd be winning the senior monster final. But um, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable to win and kind of set my sights now for the next few years and what I want to achieve. You obviously took that that step up from intermediate up to senior. Like you took it in your stride. Like you said there, like you you were thinking, okay, I need a couple of years here just to find my feet at senior level. But you just found your feet so quickly, and you and you went and you, and you won the monster title. So, how did it go so well for you this year, Hannah? What's the secret to your success this year? Practice, practice <laughs> makes perfect, and we all we all live by that in my house now. To be honest, um, if you're not going to practice, you're not going to get anywhere, and if you don't put in the work, which Bowling, it's not going to pay off. And I think everyone who's ever won anything would back that up. We were, I was very lucky, actually, this year. We had the European Championships in May. And we'd been bowling and we'd been, they, Balcommon, they had us in the gym twice a week as well, hmm. working on ourselves. And you could see that paid off hugely for all, nearly every competitor. You have um, Rachel Kingston, she was, and Hannah Cronin and all the other senior women. Um, it paid off for all of us. Rachel won the goal over there and she won on All-Ireland yesterday and Hannah's still in the Intermediate Championship as well. And you can kind of see how much it paid off for all of us. But I do think that practice is really down to it and hitting your socks, really. That's all that's drilled into us. And if you're not hitting socks, you're not going to be going places. Explain to us so what hitting your socks means. Uh, just... The sap is put, what's it, 40 feet in front of you on the road. And that's the aim. If you can split yourself of grass, um, you're going places. Um, that's because if the bowl is going over the sap, then it's a, it's going to be, it has to be a good enough bowl if it's some bit straight. And um, that's, it's the aim. It's really what you're aiming for in bowling, just to hit your saps and sure the rest happens. The rest is the road's problem. And given how successful you've been this year in your first senior season, would you reassess almost your goals and targets now for the years ahead? Because you are giving yourself that buffer of a couple of years to find your feet at senior. But now that you've won this, the Munster senior title, you're thinking, okay, next year I, I want to defend my title and I want to try and get back into the final again. And I want to try and take on someone like Kelly Mellon and pit myself against her again. Oh yeah, 100%. That's always been the goal to... The goal is the senior championship as soon as senior all Ireland as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, we we're kind of talking about it myself and my dad, and we we're looking at the Brendan Roach Cup at when there the other day, and I saw Carmel Ryan. She's eight Munster championships, senior titles, and the big aim for that is get more for more Hannah Sexton name on the cup first of all. Um, in Munster, that's definitely my aim at the moment. And with All Ireland and Queen of the Roads there and European, I want, I want to win something out of all of them. To be honest, I want to give my name, give it a go anyway. Like having the the taste of the senior final, the weekend just gone. Like you obviously you want it again and again and again. I can even see just even from talking to you before and talking to you now, like that hunger and passion and love for road bowling. It, it, it's it's there in spades. So like you really want to make your mark in the sport. I do, yeah. That's always been the plan and that's always the drive behind all every year. I go out and 
every year in my if I'm not in a monster final, there's something going wrong with myself. Um, I always have that plan <clears throat> in the back of my head. And I know that if I'm not performing, that there's something wrong and you just have to go back to the drawing board and sort out what what, ha what happened in the last score that what, just so it doesn't repeat in the next score, really. But with Bowling, yeah, we're just, I'm, I suppose I'm driven by winning and wanting to get my name on a cup every year. And that's kind of, the goal the whole time just go as far as you can and obviously if it goes your way it goes your way but get as far as you can and should the rest will kind of go for yourself then and you come from a from a house that's steeped in bowling obviously your your, your sisters are are coming up behind you as well and they're, they're 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 doing what they do best as well they're they're winning titles and they're representing ireland and so on it's a, it's a very competitive household i bet henna we always say the biggest competition kind of starts at home with all of us to see who gets the most at the end, who brings home the most at the end of the year. And they're, John, all my sisters, they're driving for us behind me. They're, they really are. I have great support at home always from all of us. And then having five of us that bowl and five of us competitively bowling um, and practicing, there's always somebody to go, go out with you and drive you on a bit and give you a few blows if you're not trying right all right but um yeah do you want we're an extremely competitive bowling household you have to say after with with all the records in the house and all the cups that we've bought home over the years um it does pay off all the practice that goes in i presume you have the bragging rights now henry like you are munster senior champion you know kind of you and you have that incredible underage success as well so are the rest of your sisters trying to knock you off your pedestal Oh, stuff. You get a few blows every few weeks and they're like, oh, Hannah, you didn't, you had a bad score there at the weekend. And I'm like, well, you, you'd get a few knocks, all right, and comments thrown at you. But yeah, I do have the, I would, <laughs> I claim that I have the bragging rights, but they'd always try and knock me down and put me back in my box as fast as, I can, as fast as I can. They're trying to keep you grounded. So but look into the look into the rest of your so what is the plan? Like you said, the Europeans were in Germany a, a couple of months back. The All Irelands are over now. You have the Munster title. So what's your plan road bowling for the rest of the year? Um we have the Queen of the Roads competition now in I think it's October. Mm -hmm. Um it's right down in Ballancarig again. So I got for winning the Munster, I get a straight qualifying pass into the into the Queen of the Roads along with Kelly and there'll be a player from Germany and from Holland as well coming over for that competition so that's another it's a senior women's competition so that's that's another aim for the rest of the year to kind of see what I've up against and kind of push myself again for the next few months I've nothing now for the rest of the year really until that and we'll have more competitions at, around Christmas time. But that's kind of, this is my break now for the next few months that I haven't had one in a while. So I just have a few months off now and then just back bowling straight away then again. It's it's a well-earned break after your exploits in, in recent time. But like you said there, the Queen of the Roads, another chance to pit yourself against the likes of Kelly Mellon. And she's someone like you talked about earlier, like you, you want to hit her level. So even when it comes to the Queen of the Roads, to try and get closer to her again, to try and beat her, you know, like that's probably the target now as well. Yeah, it is 100%. After trying her yesterday, I it was a big wake-up call really to see what I'm up against in senior level because it was the toughest score I've had all year by far and it just shows what I'm up against in senior mm -hmm. in All-Ireland and that like 
the standard she has put up against for everyone else to rise up to is unbelievable and it just kind of shows what the senior level is and how good it is and how well you have to perform and how important every shot is on the day um to to even have a chance of beating her so yeah with queen of the roads i'm up against her again and hopefully um i'll do myself a bit of justice but john it's kind of it, i know now like more like it will definitely take me a few years to get up to kelly's mark how much i have to um work on myself and work on my bowling um she really is an, um, an unbelievable talent in the sport and you have to give your hat off to her she was incredible yesterday and you earned your place right alongside her so congratulations on a on a superb debut season at senior level Hannah, and the best look in, in the months ahead especially with the queen of the roads in october thank you very much karen hi avril here from access credit union we are delighted to once again sponsor the star sports podcast as part of our range of new business loans we now offer cultivate farm finance the farmer friendly loan package with a Cultivate loan, farmers in West Cork can benefit from the local decision-making and personal service offered by Access Credit Union. To find out more, go to accesscu.ie forward slash cultivate, call me on 085-268-2727 or 028-21883, where a member of our team will be happy to help you with your inquiry. Okay, Kieran. in a moment, we're going to preview this week's Southern Star Sports section. But before we do, I just want to point listeners and viewers to the fact that in this Thursday's Southern Star, there will also be a free 20-page West Fork magazine. So this is your guide to West Cork's famous food culture. So if you're interested in food, eating it, cooking it, or you're interested in drinking, making cocktails, etc. This is the magazine for you, and it's free with this week's Southern Star. So not only will you get a brilliant sports section and your usual news and life sections, you're also getting a free bonus 20-page food magazine. So don't miss this week's Southern Star. It's jam-packed, and it's great value. But Kieran, that's the hard sell on the foodie magazine. Now give me the hard sell on this week's sports section. This week's sport is an easy selection, Jack, because if you don't pick up this week's sports section and you're a West Cork sports fan, I'd have to question your legitimacy as a West Cork sports fan because we have something for everyone. I'm going to start off. There's two local teams in two county finals this weekend. They're both on a super Saturday in Parky Ring. So first at three o'clock, Randall Oak Hurlers will take on Fremont in the Junior B Hurling Championship. And I have an interview with the Randall Oak Hurling captain, Shana Crowley, in Thursday's Southern Star. And then at five o'clock, Dermot O'Mahoon take on Father O'Neill's in the Junior B Football Championship. And we have a full-page preview of that game as well. Mahoon has beat Garnish in an epic um, county Junior B football semi-final last weekend that went all the way to extra time before Mahoon has pulled away. So we have a full match report from that as well. So for fans of Mahoon and Rendell's, rush out Thursday morning and get your Southern Star. Looking at, at other sports, I've uh, Joan Healy is off to the World Athletics Championships in Oregon. They're starting quite soon. In fact, Joan could actually be in, in Oregon right now. Um, so what I did, I've done a very interesting Q&A with Joan Healy just on the relay because she's part of the Irish women's 4 by 100 meter relay team. That would be in action there. So for, for geeks of sport like myself who want to learn more 
about the relay and its inner workings and how it actually works and what's involved and why they put down tape and what about exchange zones and how do they change the bat and how do they practice that and so on. We definitely have to read um, this Q&A with Joan Healy because it's really, really informative. Switching quickly to motorsport, Keith Cronin finished second in the Nikki Grist Rally in Wales last weekend, but he still holds the lead in the BRC. So full report and reaction from that. I have an opinion piece myself on Conor Horan's move to Derby County, which broke late last week. And just my thoughts on why this is a good move for Conor Horan at this stage of his career. The Bandon man is 31 now. Okay, he's gone to Derby County, who are, who are in League One. But I think this is a, a smart, clever move by Conor Horan. So check out Thursday's Southern Star to see why I think that is so. And we have to talk about Paul O'Donovan, Jack. Um, this man is just a phenom. And I know we've talked about him so much on, on the podcast before. But he won uh, World Cup rowing three gold in the lightweight men's single at Lucerne last weekend. And like this, this man has won it all, Olympic gold, world gold, European gold. This is actually his first gold in the single at a World Cup regatta. Um, he's won plenty of, I think he's won six medals in the double at World Cup regattas, but this was his first single. And I think it just, he's just an exceptional roar. This man is like the best in the business. And almost what makes this story more interesting is he was on work placement in Australia, flew into Switzerland last Wednesday, hopped in the boat Friday when he sees Back in the boat Saturday, won his semi-final. Then that afternoon, won his final and added another goal to his collection. But not, not only that, he did it in a World Cup record time. So this is a fella just coming off the plane from Australia. Not, not, not a bit of jet lag. I don't think men from the Sheen can suffer jet lag, to be quite honest with you. I think they're, they're built different to the, to, the, to the rest of us. But he's just an incredible sportsman. And he's one of those that I think we really need to appreciate now. He, he's 28 years old. He's the best in the business in... If you were talking to people in the world of rowing and people who, who know the sport inside out, and I'm not talking about people just in Ireland, but just people abroad, like this man is held in a kind of an, almost a godly status. Like he's that good. And it's actually quite apt in Jack that the, the lake in Lucerne is known as the Lake of Gods. And he could almost walk on water if he wanted to at this stage, Paul Donovan. He's that good. So if, uh, I've my thoughts on Paul Donovan's latest achievement in Thursday's Southern Star, as well as a preview for the Irish Rowing Championships this weekend where Paul O'Donovan will be in action, but he's in action in UCC colours, but we'll forgive him for that one. Um, he'll be up against some of his skib club mates in school, including Fintan McCarthy, his partner in the double. So of all the news on the Irish Rowan Championships and who's in what boat, because there's a couple of skib rowers still in with UCC. So we've that, and there's a hell of a lot more. It's a, it's a really good Southern star this week, Jack. Uh, look, you heard it from the man himself. I will certainly be reading the sports section as it's part of my job description to keep on top of what goes on in the paper. But I think after hearing Kieran talk about that there, all of you should too as well because I've read the Paul piece. It's excellent as always. And when it comes to skibbering rowing, Kieran is the man who wrote the book on it. So definitely worth picking up for that. And if you can't make it to a shop on Thursday, you can always subscribe online just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e paper and you can read the southern star on your computer tablet or smartphone and included in this week's southern star as i mentioned is the 20 page west fork magazine your guide to west cork's famous food culture and when you subscribe online you get all of this for less than two euro per week if that's not good value i don't know what is Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast this week. We'll be back at the same time 
next week if you enjoy these shows please make sure to rate review and subscribe on apple podcasts spotify youtube or wherever you get your podcasts slan tamil